Well, 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 if it ain't your old pal Jeremy Mountain here with another episode of Blue Mafia. Bills, lovers, everywhere united and lovers of chunky blue cheese. This podcast is not sponsored by Rudy's, the best blue cheese you'll ever fucking have. Welcome back. We are back with a vengeance. Did you miss your boy? It's been a while. Had a couple uh, little shindigs celebrating my future wedding, which will be in February, but we had an awesome time out at Emory Park Stores Lodge, and we also had a groomsman weekend in the Ellicottville. So that's why Blue Mafia took a little bit of a hiatus, no big deal, just some good times, some old friends, some great oldies, all good things. Thank you to everybody that was in attendance and those of you who contributed. And also, thanks to friend of the pod, Matt Hall, for new background photo. Got a photo of the General Josh Allen in the pocket out in Washington. We got a obviously great show. For you, and if it's your first time or your last time, I appreciate you. Remember to hit the like, hit the subscribe, and tell your fucking friends. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. First things first, we're back. We missed a lot. I was yearning to get back on the microphone and talk a little shop here. It's become a nice little part of the week, and um. Glad to be back here on a Thursday night. We got to get this out because Thursday night football is just about to begin. But I missed a, a lot of things here. And the Bills have sort of come around. But since Blue Mafia went on hiatus, I believe we're one and two. Uh, the last episode was right before the England Jaguars game, which we did not finish. Giants game... We did finish, but if not for a penalty, we may not have won that game. And then obviously the Patriots game, which was ugly. Uh, Belichick got the best of Allen. He got a little roughed up. But one of the main things is one of the main things we're going to talk about today. Uh, he got blissed quite a bit by Belichick and there was quite a bit of evidence that he had a lot of opportunities to hit his hot routes instead of trying to play hero ball. Obviously, Dawson Knox has gotten hurt. Quentin Morris also hurt, thus forcing Ken Dorsey and this Bills offense to go to more of a three-wide receiver look. But after a dismal performance versus the Patriots the Bills did come out on top last week on Thursday night in front of a Bills crowd that was really really hurting for a win a lot of people sold their tickets on that one shout out to cousin Bill Udy he uh, delivered some tickets that were able to be used for a prize at the stagger and shout out to cousin riles who brought cousin tara and also uncle andy and also riles's new woman who is a very sweet sweet girl 
they got to go to the Bills game, and a lot of other people decided to sell their tickets, but it looked like it was a great, raucous time. It looked like an awesome environment, and it looked like the Bills fans helped the Bills win, and that's what they do. What they also do, in my opinion, well is travel. This Bills team has traveled well. They beat KC on the road ever since the loss in Houston against Deshaun Watson on the road. They have played well on the road. And we all know that this Cincinnati team kicked the shit out of Buffalo twice last year. But with what happened with the DeMar Hamlin thing, we understand that the Bills did not look great. Did look like the Bengals last year in the regular season were off to a very good start versus Buffalo. But we know how Allen can keep somebody in the game and at the end of the year there was just clearly something going on there was a lot of rumors but there was something going on with the Bills team off the field before that game and the Bengals can talk all the shit they want but this is a new season this is a new team and I'm very excited for this game versus Cincinnati I'm not I'm not worried per se I'm anxious I think the Bengals are good but Every team in the NFL is beatable. So I'm happy to be back. I did fall asleep at the end of the Bucks game on the second last drive, shortly before the t- first touchdown to Evans at the end of the game. And I woke up at 4.30 in the morning and watched the end on YouTube. How about that fucking ball by Baker? The Bills, once again, could have been called for a penalty. That's two out of the last three wins that could have been negated. So this Bills team does need to find themselves still a good win, still a tough, gritty win. They didn't lose, which is good for the confidence after so many Hail Mary losses. But this team has yet to find its groove. The offense did find a little bit of a groove in the first half, but... They're not dominant. And one thing that I did put out on Twitter, despite the fact that I wasn't on the mic, you can follow me at Jer7Reg on X, but just because this team isn't dominant doesn't mean they can't run the table and win a Super Bowl. We have seen many teams that were not the best, not the most talented, and we have seen the Bills be the most talented the best but they're not this year they have significant injuries the guy that they put the defense on the shoulders of is out rumor has it he posted on facebook but the facebook page might not even be real who knows what to trust on the internet but you could trust it here because we speak from the heart and the soul but this defense is hurting the injuries have impacted the way that this team's confidence rises and falls it falls quickly but it can continue to rise Dalton Kincaid had a great showing looked like he's been playing with Allen for years and to be honest he looks smoother than Knox who falls down every time he catches the ball shout out Maddie Moore who has called that for years even on the Knox injury unfortunate that he's injured I hope he comes back he's a great guy but Maybe he got injured while falling to make a catch, which despite the fact that Dalton Kincaid 
doesn't seem to have a whole lot of shift in his hips. He's pretty quick. And if he's got open space with the ball, he can get out. Um, maybe that's why they compare him to Kelsey because Kelsey doesn't have a whole lot of shake in his hips, but he's he knows how to get open like a big man in basketball using space. But number two here, Allen's got to throw hot to win. And with all the 12 personnel, one thing that I was saying since the last episode is the reason is not only Ken Dorsey why this offense looks out of sync, out of stunk, out of stank, but it was always more of the personnel. The offense is going to look slower with two tight ends and two wide receivers. It's going to look slower. It's going to look more sluggish. And that's why once, unfortunately, the two tight ends were out, I knew that by nature, Dorsey was going to have no choice but to go to the three wide receiver set. What he did do that I do like is go no huddle, up-tempo. Allen seems to play much better when he's putting them on their heels while he's dictating, like he said in a press conference last week. My dad, Randy, for the last 25 years has said, I'd go no huddle here. Almost every football game, he calls the point at which he would go no huddle because it keeps the defense on their heels regardless of when, where, who you're playing. And I have to agree. I always like doing it myself. You get a little bit of momentum. It's something that Allen has done well many times by force at the end of games at the end of quarters it never made sense to me why as a strategic advantage if you have a guy that continuously can put that example out at the end of a game why not run it when you're not down why not run it when there's not only two minutes left the risk is losing the possession well the risk of losing the possession is the same if you run a draw every second down on second and three or second and five, and you get stuffed for three yards, and then you get a third and six, and Stephon Diggs isn't open, and then you're three and out. We've seen a lot of three and out. I don't think there's any risk in going three and out in up-tempo. Now, the Bengals know that the Bills are going to go up-tempo, potentially again, now that they have. But the difference, not only in the personnel why the Bills offense wasn't looking great the other reason why is because Allen wasn't doing fundamental quarterback adult things he wasn't taking advantage of the hot routes and if you don't know what that means it's when you have five linemen you have maybe a tight end if you're in max protect blocking and you have maybe one, maybe two backs in the backfield. But on average, you usually have about six guys to block. And if there's four D linemen and three linebackers, and they bring more than six of them, or if they bring a strong safety or a corner to the blind side, if you're a right-handed quarterback, it's going to come behind you, so you're not going to see it potentially. 
throwing hot means recognizing that you have not enough guys to block the amount of guys that are coming wherever they're coming, whether they're coming from the outside, whether they're coming up the A-gap. You have to replace that. You have to take advantage of that. Sometimes they're going to try and switch you. Sometimes they're going to try and show blitz so that you throw hot and they tricked you. But Allen needs to trust his receivers, and Khalil Shakir is excellent at finding the hot holes. He was open constantly versus New England. He was open constantly versus Tampa. The difference was Allen took advantage of it more times than not. And those little five, six, seven-yard gains don't seem like a lot in the moment, but they are what forces that defense to come up. It causes the defense to lose that swagger, that confidence, that blood lust that they can get when they know what you're doing and when they know how to stop it. So that is basically my main reason how the offense can win, but... Was a little bit concerned, obviously, to see Allen fall on that shoulder. He did run the touchdown in versus the Bucks after the shoulder, but immediately I noticed that he fell on it. And it's not great. Not great, Bob, but it was definitely good to see him going full in practice today, Thursday, after a DNP yesterday. Number three, one more thing on Allen. He needs to win with his mind before he wins with his body. And this is part of throwing hot, but it's also part of the chess game that is the length of the game. He knows he likes to get into shootouts. He knows he likes to play in a way that inflicts his will on the game, and he should because he's a terrific athlete and he's a terrific competitor. Dorsey and McDermott should not be putting that on a chain, sheltering that. They need to let that beast loose. But the bottom line is he needs to win these games versus Burrow and these great quarterbacks with his mind. He needs to trust his mind. He needs to trust his preparation because his body is not going to be able to handle what he's been doing in the past. I've said this since he was a young player. It's going to come a time where those those hits aren't going to just not hurt anymore. They begin to hurt more and more. And that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter who you are, how hard you want to play. Ask Brett Favre. Ask Ben Roethlisberger. Ask Eli Manning. Ask the great ones that were able to play late into their career why they didn't necessarily hang on to the ball as long, why they didn't necessarily take those unnecessary hits he needs to win with his mind and I think he has everything it takes to do it and we know that Joe Burrow can win with his mind but if you watched him in the last couple weeks he's not only winning with his mind he's making incredible plays since the calf injury he had a play that was you probably saw it but he was in the grasp they probably could have called a sack but the throw he made after the scramble and escape out of the pocket was incredible. He switched the ball from his left hand to his right. 
Burrow's going to be on, and Allen's going to have to win the chess game. He's going to have to move the ball. He's going to have to inflict his will, and he's going to have to suck the confidence from this defense slowly so that by the end of the game, they don't want anymore because they've run out of mojo, energy, fight, will, confidence. It's a long game. Not going to just blow them out. Going to have to keep taking the body blows and coming back. Number five, the defense. They've looked a little bit better. They're playing without Matt Milano, as we know. Terrell Bernard has been somewhat of a bright spot for the defense. Big moves by Bean. Big moves. Rasul Douglas comes in from the Packers, and I watched just a little bit of his highlight stuff on YouTube. Some of his interceptions, looked up a little bit of his information. I honestly don't know a whole lot about him, but from preliminary research, he looks like the right type of guy. He looks like a good fit. He looks aggressive. He can take it to the house if he makes the catch on an interception. And I trust Bean and McDermott in their recruiting measures. Um, I think he looks like a good player, like he makes an impact soon. And then, obviously, uh, I don't even remember his name, but the big D tackle that we signed just today, once again, a guy I don't personally know a lot about, but he looks like a football player. And Daquan Jones had a very positive tweet about it. So, I'm in. All the more Warriors. And then, obviously... Playoff Lenny, Super Bowl Lenny, regardless of if he rushes for 500 yards in the back end of the season, he's a great signing. He's an awesome runner. He has the ability to dictate a football game in a cold weather scenario. And if you think about those Patriots teams at the end, they had LeGarrette Blunt for that purpose. So I love that signing. But on the defense, they are going to need to tackle. I know it sounds simple, but they need to make the tackles on Jamar Chase. They need to make the tackles on Joe Mixon because this team plays confidently and they play confident when they make plays, but they can also get bitchy when they don't make their plays. And between Burrow, Mixon, and Jamar Chase, I truly believe that you can hit them out of the game. I truly believe that the only way to stop Burrow is to kick the shit out of him and get to him physically so that he's frustrated and out of rhythm because if you let him get in rhythm, if you let Chase have a nice flag football day on the field and not take any big hits and just run out of bounds and be able to just get in and out of this game with no dirt on his shoulder pads, we're probably going to lose. Mixon, tough runner, mean son of a bitch, but defense has got to bring it that's why we have depth everyone's got to hit playoff hits it's going to be a playoff atmosphere i'm excited quickly the hell hounds to be not scared of this sunday trey hendrickson defensive lineman he's always in the backfield he watch out for him I've got my bullseye on him because he tried to roll into allen's leg on regular on uh Monday Night Football during the regular season last year. Logan Wilson, linebacker out of Wyoming. 
he was allegedly, according to Allen, playing some of the best linebacker football in the league. Chidobe Awuzie. He's one of those guys that I think announcers really just like saying his name, but he is a football player on the corner. And uh, Jermaine Pratt, linebacker, tough. Some guys are just tough, and he's just tough. So there's a couple guys to keep your eye out out for. Watch them on defense. Those are the types of guys that you have to study so that you know how the Bills can win these games. Got to study defense. Got to watch your tape. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back on the back end for the top five quarterback matchups around the NFL with huge implications. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for listening. Sticking around for the back end. It's your boy, Jared. I got your top five quarterback matchups around the NFL with Huge implications. It's the implication. It was tough to find a couple good ones. There must be some buys or something this week because there is a whole lot of playing teams playing that are not going to make the playoffs. But I still was able to muster up five games to keep your eye out for on a Sunday night. Number one, probably knew this was coming. Tua at Pat. We'll pick these at the end. Tua looks good. One of the sickest videos of all time. His lefty walk-off recorded this week. Gosh, you gotta love Mike McDaniel. And Patrick Mahomes. Did he get hexed by the witch that is Taylor Swift? Stay tuned to the next episode of NFL Entertainment from Germany. Football can't really be faked. So I don't think it's fixed. But I'm going to be watching that one to see how fixed it might be. Number two, Gino at Lamar. Lamar is really cooking right now. He's really taking care of business. He's looking comfy. He's getting into the offense. He's going to be tough. Lamar and the Ravens are going to be tough, and they're going to be right there at the end. Someone's going to have to go through them. The Bills did go through them at home, if you remember couple years ago in the playoffs but Lamar is tough and Tehran had to seal that one on a pick six long one Gino journeyman he's playing some good football and they've got a lot of talent and they're just an organized good football team some really good talent on defense uh, I can't remember the corner's name but they got a young corner who's like one of the highest graded in the league um, but that team's tough. They're going to be right in it. Someone's going to have to go through them in the playoffs, I think, because the 49ers don't look that good. As good as they once was. Number three, Baker at CJ. I thought that ball by Baker was so fucking awesome versus the Bills. Christ. But he's playing all right. And their defense can get better. Maybe will get better. Their division is weak, but... One guy didn't make this list. Taylor Heineke starting for the Falcons. Keep your eyes peeled for him. Baker's playing pretty good, though, and I I don't know. Someone's got to come out of that NFC South. It's not going to be the Panthers, but the Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons, all in the running for that. 
CJ Stroud on the other side, bad showing versus the other rookie, Bryce Young. Lost an ugly one, only like 150 yards passing, but I have faith that he's going to come back. And this is a good litmus test against an always tough Todd Bowles defense. Number four, Dak at Hurts. Big one. Hurts limping. Walked out of a press conference after being asked about his knee. Long hour and a half treatment. That has huge implications, but A.J. Brown and the Eagles look awesome. DeAndre Swift looks like a young, hungry back. The Dak and the Cowboys took care of business against Matty Stafford. Maybe an RIP to my fantasy team if he is not playing this week because I have Puka and... uh, Cooper. I'm three of five. I still have a sixty percent chance of making the playoffs. Eight seed right now. Number four. Number five. Herbie at Zach. This one only made it because I told you there wasn't a lot of good games. But everybody thinks this Chargers team is good enough. Will they make a run? This is one way of taking care of business. Is in New York, in Gotham. Bat signal. Shining for Rodgers. Wilson just trying to hang on. It's probably going to be entertaining. And I think that one's the Monday night matchup. So let's pick them. Tua at Pat. Alright. Tua at Pat. In London. I think Miami went earlier. I'm going Miami. And Tua. Gino at Lamar. Lamar. Baker at CJ. I'm going to go Baker because of the defense. Dak at Hertz. It's in Philly. Can you really see the Cowboys beating Philly in Philly if Hertz is playing? I got to go Hertz. But keep an eye on that leg. Herbie at Zach. I think I'm going to go Zach just because once again the defense, I don't know. I could see I could see Xerxes Salah taking care of Herbert on prime time once again. That's it. Thank you for sticking around. Make sure you like and subscribe until a fucking friend. Thanks guys. We'll see you. Love you. Go Bills. <laughs>